climax when he keeps singing her heart songs about how he's really in love with her, which really freaks her out. Bless me, it's a buzzer now. Onto your favorite podcast. Where we bring all of our heartaches for you. with somebody uh, I want to feel the heat with somebody oh, I want to dance with somebody dance with Todd and Lindy oh yes that's right we're back here uh, at one of the Scrabble podcast where we are talking about Zoe's extraordinary playlist I'm Adam H uh, guiding our way dancing our way through these episodes song by song lots of songs uh as we're going through this show and i am not alone doing it with my two dance partners of course we have todd todd the librarian how are you uh i'm not not mortified right now uh <laughs> no i'm doing really well i uh i'm really enjoying getting to go back and watch the show again enjoy the music and everything my one complaint uh, is that with cxg if you ever wanted to like go and rewatch just a song you can easily find the clips on youtube and it is so hard to find clips of the zoe performances on youtube and just be able to pull things up but uh that's a minor complaint with the show that otherwise i'm really enjoying getting to revisit Hmm. Uh, okay, I guess I haven't like tried to do that yet because I feel like I'd be worried about seeing future songs as spoilers. Uh, not yeah. that I've even really looked or tried, just as like you know, if I wanted to do that, um, especially because some of the songs are really good. Uh, but it's not just us, Todd. Someone who's definitely got the music in her. It's Lindy. Lindy, how are you? I'm wonderful. You know, before we start, I just want to set a good tone for our team. I'm going to take out my journal here and read out my first impressions of both of you so that we can, you know how much I care about you, okay? Lindy, there is a world where I could find a piece of paper that would have my first impressions of you. (laughs) That, like, that that document existed. Wait, that's actually true. I forgot about that. I don't know if it still does. It's I mean, it's probably in a dumpster or a landfill somewhere so far away, but it probably has already decomposed. But that document existed. Genuinely, I had one too. For anyone confused, Adam and I played a game together, you know, and that's how we met. And so it was online. So our first impression was there. And so you would write down stuff about the other players. And I'm pretty sure that my first impression of Adam included there's a piano in the background. <laughs> now, Lindy, this is, this is really going to like test our friendship and our memory here because you know, uh, uh, there's always this whole, you know, let's go back and lo- look at the old text and whatever um, without like getting anywhere specific about like the, whatever game we actually played and anything surrounding that the game that we played to had uh, intro videos where like you would, you would, you would create your video uh, to be shown in front of everyone. Lindy, uh, I remember two elements of your video, uh, and I'm curious if you remember any elements of mine. Uh, I remember, number one, you had the color-coordinated bookshelf, which is not currently in your video display, but that was there, and I was very impressed by that. And then number two, you talked a lot about games, specifically board games you talked about in your intro video. Uh, do you remember, because uh, this will be this will all tie in, it'll be very fitting, anything about my intro video? 
This is really funny because this is a friendship test and you passed. Yeah. And I fear I'm about to fail. Oh, but no. <laughs> my guess is that like you were playing a song on the piano, right? And singing? I, I was, yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's no way you, I don't think you probably wouldn't remember the song, would you? Was it I Want to Dance with Somebody? No. <laughs> no, that would have been pretty good though. <laughs> uh,. Uh, it's from a pretty major modern musical. Well, that is going to help. Not yeah, me. That's not going to do it. Uh, a musical. Tell me that. From Hamilton. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Well, I was singing Room Where It Happened. Uh, it was very fitting with the whole room and, and whatever there. Um, okay. Just a little friendship test to open up the podcast there. Uh, I'm pretty impressed with my own memory. I'm not going to lie to you because I feel like I get dumped on very frequently for not having various uh, devices, if you will, to remember things that happened throughout my life. And I just want to say, uh, look at me now. Okay. What he means is that he doesn't use a calendar, which is so different than not no, remembering but it's the like same a social thing. This event. Is, this is the proof that I don't need the calendar. This is my memory in action, people. That's not remembering an appointment. That's <laughs> it's an what do you mean? It's remembering a very important friendship milestone in our life, Lindy. But okay, a calendar serves an entirely different pur purpose. But anyway, a calendar serves nothing. Um, uh. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't even know how we got here. Uh, we're here to talk about Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, uh, season one, episode two. Just the second episode of the show in its entirety here. Um, we're still very early on in the show is is basically, you know, where I'm going to be here throughout the mo uh, most of this episode. I'm just going to say right off the bat, maybe not as good as the first episode. You know, uh, maybe not as good as the first episode, which is, you know, slightly unfortunate, but I do think that maybe credits the first episode more than it actually hurts the second. Um, I was a little unimpressed with one of the numbers this episode in particular. <laughs> uh, some of them were pretty good, but, uh, you know, a little unimpressed with one. And then I think maybe the story was not quite as like interesting or as engaging as the first episode where it's, I don't know, a little much there. Um, but that's just like my overall kind of vibes here as we get into the second episode. I don't think it was bad, uh, but I don't think it was as strong as the first. Am I, am I crazy in saying that, Todd? Oh, I don't think so. Uh, I, I think I agree. I've have rewatched the first uh, handful of episodes, uh, just kind of get getting back into it. I haven't watched too far ahead, but I would say this is probably out of the, I think I've watched like the first five episodes again. I think this is probably for me, like the weakest of that first batch of wow. episodes. Um, I think it's trying to thread the needle of having Zoe come to terms with her abilities in a way. And also dealing with like, the fallout from the initial, you know, cliffhanger, the first episode, which for a pilot was a really nice cliffhanger hook and all, but I don't know if I'm as big a fan of the resolution of that in this episode. So yeah, I don't know. I, I think that a, uh, Again, it's not a bad episode, and I enjoyed most of the musical numbers. I enjoy a lot of stuff in the episode, but I do think there are a couple of things here that make it not a, a rise to the level of the first episode. But also, the first episode was amazing. I think one thing yeah. is this episode didn't necessarily have like the same emotional punch that the first episode hit, had, and I think there are future episodes that will have the emotional punch as well. Uh, so I think this maybe suffers a little bit after leaving the last episode with like uh, tearing up a few times and then this time your mileage may vary i didn't really get teary-eyed during this at all uh so i think 
like the emotional stakes didn't feel quite as high in this one. I think that probably contributes to it as well. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree. I, you know, just in terms of my overall cry tracker uh, for, for 2023, this we're back on track to the very, very few number uh, none from this episode. Uh, and I don't know that it necessarily needed like that emotional gut punch that you're talking about, Todd. Uh, but it just like, wasn't, as funny as the first episode either and so i think when you lose both the emotion and the comedy uh i'm i'm like struggling lindy was this was this like a funnier episode to you did you did you enjoy that element of it i wouldn't say it was funnier um i i think i agree i i i think the pilot was better but that makes sense you put a lot into the pilot probably because that's you know the foundation of the show and this is just the second episode i have not uh rewatched ahead um so i've only seen the rest of it one time but i know that it's gonna i know that like this is not the highest point of the show like it's, okay there are gonna be great moments and episodes i know that so uh fair enough uh i mean obviously we're we're sticking with it here uh and again i don't you know it wasn't like this was really bad there were a few things that i absolutely love uh including the beginning but um before we even get there uh let's do it let's get into the episode season one episode two of zoe's extraordinary playlist lindy take it away all right this one is called zoe's extraordinary best friend um so this is the first time we get a real title here so I think like we set up last time, it's going to be Zoe's Extraordinary Something. So this one is about her best friend. Can I ask a dumb question here? Uh, is there ever going to be an episode title that is Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist? I don't think so, but I'm not sure. I haven't looked, gone and looked at all of the okay. episode titles. I'm not sure. I do want to say, so I watched this on Prime, and they have the episode title listed as something completely different they actually had the episode title listed as the music in me and i was like wait i know and i went and looked in the imdb wikipedia everything else is listed as zoe's extraordinary you know best friend so i don't know what's going on on prime but they had like a completely different because it really threw me off because it popped up in the beginning i'm like wait why is it showing the name of the song and then i realized no that's just what they have the title is and i haven't looked at the others and see if they have different titles for those as well but like really confused me for a moment so if anyone out there is also watching it on prime and had that same confusion you know you're not alone and this I was isn't like streaming on prime right this is you bought the yeah episode? yeah i bought i bought the i bought okay. both seasons I, I like i like to, to purchase the things that i'm podcasting about just for posterity's sake so for a second, I thought I got the title wrong, and you were, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh no!" Like, <laughs> how did that happen? No, no, yeah, because I was the same. Because I was just really confused. Because IMDb—that's what it has it listed as, and so I—I I, I don't know if if what if you guys watch it on Roku or Peacock, if that has this episode title like that or not. It just kind of was very strange to have Prime show a completely different episode title than I was expecting. Hmm. Roku had the the title that Lindy said. I don't remember what it was at this point, but it was not the <laughs> it was not the other title. Yeah, I figured it probably wasn't. I, I don't know. I'll have to keep an eye out a, uh, and like report back if if future titles are also different on on Prime. But yeah, it was just confusing. Sorry, I'm just so amused that Adam already doesn't remember the title. Just for the record, you were just bragging about your memory skills. Listen, if the title of each one of these episodes is as important as our uh, the the budding friendship of of, of us, then I, 
okay, so be it. But I remember the big things, Lindy. Okay, sure. All right. <laughs> so let's move on to the big things in this episode. So this one starts with Zoe waking up and she starts singing, I've got the music in me. And she sings and dances through Mo's apartment um, where Mo joins her and then to her parents' house. Uh, and then to Spark Point, and then outside there, and along the way, everyone joins her, Mo, her family, her co-workers, and they're all singing and dancing together. And then they're outside of Spark Point doing this choreographed number, so many people out there, and then suddenly a piano and all these other instruments fall on top of Zoe, and she wakes up from her dream and says, what the F, and <laughs> we see the title screen. Adam, um, did you think that Zoe was dead and then the show was taking a turn? Yeah, I thought it was over. I thought the show was completely <laughs> done here at the second episode. Um, okay, the I'm just going to say, let's start with the bad stuff. The falling piano, I thought was so dumb. Uh, <laughs> this, like, ending sequence of it, I'm, you know, I'm fine with, like, the what the, mm, and we go to, like, the the what the power chord on a guitar and we get to see the, like, that's fine. I think that, that probably works better for some people more than it does for me. I think it, I, honestly, I think it'd be funnier if she just said it <laughs> and then we went to the title screen, but okay, whatever. Um, the song itself, though. What a friggin' bop. What a great start to the episode. I had such high hopes for this episode right at the very beginning because this, like, got me out of my chair. I was, like, grooving. I was dancing. I was popping and locking. Like, we were – I mean, it was incredible. I absolutely love this. Um, it's, I think, a 70s song, maybe, like, an 80s. I don't know. Whatever. It's, it's an older song, uh, and I just loved it so much. There was such energy, such a vibe here um and then we had the the piano i was like okay what are we doing here uh but the song was really really good and i had a lot of fun with it yeah i think this whole number is just like fun fun epitomizes this number it's just a blasting to see her go through see all the main characters get sucked into it a uh, i love basically like whenever they're go to her her parents house and then mitch pops up and starts dancing and they all like dance out of the that place together and it's just like it's really a cool moment to see like basically our entire cast together interacting in ways that we're probably not going to see the entire cast interact together that way very often moving forward uh it's a nice little reminder of who everyone is um yeah it's just a lot of fun and the piano works for me i mean it's like it's a dream it's like jarring and it's, it's meant to be uh so that didn't really take me out of it at all uh, also one really good thing about it is I just you already know from like the setup of the show, Zoe hears other people sing. So to start the episode with Zoe herself singing is kind of like throws you a curveball. You're not quite sure what's going on there. And you know, again, you don't get a lot of chances to hear her sing or the course of the show. You don't get to see a lot of chances of her to do this sort of thing just by the basic premise of it. So it was nice to, to be able to see her talents on display there. Yeah, I, th I thought this was a fun opening scene. I did not remember this was a dream. So the piano really got me. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, this wasn't um, this wasn't happening. OK. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, th I thought it was a great opening to the episode. Uh, so then we see Mo basically barges into Zoe's apartment and asks for an update on her powers. And Zoe explains that it's not going well. She recaps everything that happened basically in the last episode with 
the people she heard singing. Um, and she wants to control her powers. So she and Mo are going to meet up later for lunch to go over some theories that Mo might have and try to figure out if Zoe can control her powers more. Yeah, I think the thing that jumped out to me most in this scene is whenever Zoe brings up the name of the place, Golden Gate Grind, and Mo's response is, sounds bougie, I'm in. And so I just wanted to ask Adam, does Golden Gate Grind sound bougie to you as our well, resident bougie uh, expert? It sounds not only bougie, but also very dirty. And so <laughs> I'm in for a lot of reasons, all the reasons I'm in. Okay, then. Uh, I should I should have expected that answer. I don't know why I would have expected it. Yeah, yeah come on, Todd. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is that uh, Mo, Mo says that uh, he sees Zoe as an experiment, like a rat in a maze. Uh, so I kind of like the idea of saying up here that Mo is the one who's trying to figure things out and is now looking at Zoe as like this big experiment that he can use his deductive powers on and just figure things out. So I kind of like setting that up as the idea for the episode here. I also love Mo's assessment of Zoe's apartment. <laughs> He's like, what's the what's the look here? Third grade science fair? White girl corporate housing? Or she was quiet and kept to herself. <laughs> uh, okay. I think all of us here live in apartments more or less. If we had to ascribe one of those things to the to the place where we live, which one would it be? What's the closest? Can you read them again? I, I it was a uh, third grade science fair, white girl corporate housing, or she was quiet and kept to herself. <laughs> I think I'm between the second and the third, probably leaning closest towards white girl corporate housing. <laughs> yeah, I think my place is too much of a disaster for it to be anything other than he was quiet and kept to himself. <laughs> I think my, my, but if but what what kind of disaster though? Because that could be third grade science project. That show, I, I thought about that one as well. Yeah, it's just the place is a mess. It just as as a librarian, I'm organized at work, but in my personal life, organization is not really a big thing. Mm. So, uh, I before we started, uh, Adam noticed that I have bookshelves up. Uh, I have lived in this apartment for probably a decade now, and I just have that boxes of books have been sitting in my office like that <laughs> for that long. For a I, decade, I, yeah. Yeah, pretty close. Uh, maybe not quite that long, but, but getting close to there. Uh, but I finally, I need to find something. I couldn't find it. Like, screw it. So I ordered some bookshelves and I built bookshelves. Last weekend was spent mainly like putting together bookshelves and trying to organize my stuff. So my place is slightly more organized than it used to be, but still largely a disaster. <laughs> Better late than never. That's great. Did you color code them? I have not gotten that organized yet. I probably won't be color coding. I'll be much more subject author oriented than color coding. Probably. I know that's the normal way. So we all agree the Dewey Decimal System is a is a hoax. We just did it. <laughs> no, I don't no. think hoax is uh, the 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 thing to say. Hmm. Uh, I think you want to say that to a librarian, Adam. Well, listen, he was the one that had books in a, in a box for a decade. I I, I feel pretty okay saying that actually. <laughs> Uh, Lindy, I'm assuming you have a white girl corporate housing. <laughs> I mean, but like, is that really my aesthetic? I don't know. I'm just saying out of the three, I, like, I don't think there's any way it's, it's any of the other two. 
Well, here's what I'm thinking. I have a lot of, like, color going on. And that, to me, says more so, like, third grade science fair. There are so many colors and so many little objects and so many things on the walls. Like, don't you think that's the chaotic what, visual, visual what of a third, of third grade, grade science, science fair? Admittedly, I will say... As someone in their 20s, there is, with no kids, there is no reason for me to have any understanding of what a third grade science fair looked like. So I, I'm really basing this off of, like, a long memory because we never did a science fair in third grade. Um, I was about to ask. Like, elementary not... school, like, it all. I, I did was, that. Oh, that was, like, yeah. just not a thing for me. For um, us, it was, like, I think fourth or fifth grade. We were too but, busy, yeah. like, making ourselves into famous people from our state and then giving speeches. Um <laughs> That's not whole... science. Agreed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll not fight you on that one. Uh, but my understanding is that like a third grade science fair was just like a mess. Like just like shit everywhere. Like uh, volcanoes exploding. You have like rocks. I don't think it's a mess. I actually think it's it's organized because everyone's got a station and you have to bring in a poster that like you you put you arrange the poster and that explains your experiment and you stand there and you explain it to people. So like these it's are not... experiments done by like what? 10 year olds. Well, probably younger if you're in third grade, but I don't know how I have no, I have no concept. <laughs> you <laughs> were in third grade. I just want to say point, like... Yeah. It was a while ago. Yeah. That was back when I was, I moved like every other year. It was a whole, I have, I have no recollection of anything between like first and sixth grade that Not, is concerning it basically but... didn't happen i'm just i just blocked it out point is i think you're like eight or nine in third grade and yeah. um but yeah it's it's an organized event a science fair did you have a science fair in third slash elementary school yeah i what, what did you do what was your experiment um i'm trying to remember i think for something i like melted jolly ranchers i want to say like, but i can't remember why yeah that right there is like the perfect aesthetic for what i'm talking about of just a mess but it was a project you it was there was a hypothesis melt, you have you've melted jolly ranchers all over your apartment no but i've got candy i'll tell you that is it just out loose and unwrapped melted no you have, but are you one of those people that has like a bowl of open candies at all times no. <laughs> well, then what? This isn't a third grade science project. Oh, my then, gosh. Todd, please, please, <laughs> please let us know what you're thinking here. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so how how did you melt them? I guess that's that's the question. Like, did you go through a like guaranteed? They did, were did, you, did you have a control group of things or did you like melt them like in the sun? I mean, I got to be honest. I don't remember. And yeah. I'm so sorry, but it was very, it was a project. There was a, there was I, a hypothesis and then like, a, yeah, a control group <laughs> and whatever experimental group. I haven't done science in so long, but like I yeah. did, like I followed, steps. Yeah, okay. I followed steps and there was a conclusion and I had a poster where everything was explained. So it's not just random melting candy stuff. Yeah. Uh, so our science fair, we didn't even necessarily have to do like uh like an experiment for our science fair. It could be like so like one year I did a thing on robotics and basically like had like a robotic kit thing and built this, put this thing together and did like a report on robotics. And the other year it was something like a uh, a poster board talking about and I was like 
earthquakes and tectonic plates or things like that. So it wasn't even so much I did an experiment. It's just like a presentation on like scientific principle type thing uh, for our science fair. But yeah, not exciting. I hated it because I did have an idea for an experiment. Uh, and I don't remember exactly what, but I took it to my teacher. And she's like, no, I don't think that will work. And I'm like, well, let me try and fail. And then I wound up doing something I didn't care about at all. I just like kind of phoned it in. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think you're just describing anyway. school. Yeah. You just yeah. kind of phoned it in. That was, that was um, a teacher who, a, uh, whenever I got done with my homework during class, I, I would try to read. And she's like, oh, you, you can't just read for fun. Uh, if you're, you need to read a book on science if you're going to read in my science. Yeah. So she had like, there were like maybe like 10 little books. In, and so I read, and they're like, they're like this one thing, 50 fun facts about science. It's like a 50-page book with like 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 a couple of sentences, the big picture on it. And I don't know how many times I had to read that book in this class because I would get done with work and I'd be bored out of my mind. And I couldn't just sit there. So I'd like grab a book off the shelf that I've already read like a dozen times. It like drove me, ah, wow. in that class. Wow. This has been a really... Um informative discussion mm -hmm. about from science fairs like who knew yeah <laughs> we all, all had from, so much to say yeah. all from one throwaway line by mo the mm -hmm. power of mo <laughs> so i guess in general adam how are you feeling about mo this episode after being kind of unsure about him in the first episode has your opinion changed at all you want to get to it later or no I, I mean i'm still a little unsure i think uh just because like it doesn't it doesn't fully track for me how I was going to slot in to the, to the story here. Um, I do, I like the whole idea of being a little nosy and like the whole science experiment of it all, I think is really interesting. Like that, uh, like the nosiness I relate to a lot. I love to be <laughs> in the know about things. Um, and so like, I do enjoy that element of it in terms of like the whole theorizing, like, Oh, it could be this. Let's try this. Let's try that. Mm, I, you know, uh, I don't know if I need like a ton of that. I feel like there are more interesting roles to play, more interesting questions to ask. Um, so I don't know. I'm still like a, I'm still a little, I'm still a little unsure. You could say that Mo has a hypothesis and is trying to test it much like you would at a science fair. And Adam doesn't like those. You could say that you hypothetically could, but should you? I just I did. You did. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it is true. an accurate representation of what happened in the episode. So, yeah, yeah I think you should say it. Uh, one more thing I want to say about this scene is that uh, in the end, when Zoe is walking out of her apartment, uh, the poster by her door that says everything is under control, like the key, it's crooked. So she straightens it here, um, which will also come up again later. But I just want to say, why would it be so crooked? Like, I don't, that doesn't just happen. Like something had to have like hit it. And why would she have not noticed that before? I blame Mo just blowing into the apartment a uh, without without you know any concern for anything. I I can see Mo just like the force of Mo's personality just like mucks everything in the room askew. I can see that being a thing that happened. So. Yeah, like a door uh, slam. And he, I mean, there's yeah, there's okay. a lot. I feel like a lot of things that could. Yeah, that's but, fair. Yeah, but I, I agree. It was like, okay, do we see anything happen? Because again, it yeah, happens again at the end of the episode that it's, it's you know, and I would have felt that Zoe was someone who would have tried at that point in time to try to like center it or fix what was wrong instead of just straightening it. Because if, if the thing is going crooked that often, then there's something wrong with the actual, you know, hanging of the, the art. But 
So in the next scene, Zoe's family, uh, they all go to her dad's doctor's appointment. So her mom and her brother and her. Um, and the doctor says that his new meds are working and they may, might actually be slowing down some of his symptoms, which is great news for the whole family. It's great news, but I'm sticking with my prediction. I'll take fake out for 500, Alex. Uh, <laughs> I'm not buying it. Not buying yeah. what? I'm not buying this potential recovery arc that we're seeing here. Yeah. Well, the doctor is pretty clear that it is going to slow things down. And the family's like, oh, super happy. The yeah. doctor is, is still a, a pretty clear that, yeah, you're going to see some improvements, but a, uh, it's just going to slow the things rather than uh, reverse or, or stop things. I also think that uh, we were told what uh, the condition actually was this episode. I didn't catch the name because it, it was a long doctory medical thing. Uh but I think we Did were they told, say it? I think, I think so. I think they said the name of it at some point this episode. It might not have actually been this particular scene. I think it was this particular scene, but um, I think they said the name of it. I just didn't catch it. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I feel like they more like described like the general type of disorder it was than given like a specific name, but I could be wrong on that. I don't yeah. remember them saying like, this is, you know, X disorder or anything like that. Uh, but I do think they uh, talked about how this, this will slow down the neurogenerative you know, deterioration or something like that. So I think they kind of talked in general about the effects of it, but I'm not sure if they actively gave a name, but it, I could have missed it. I don't know. I'm, I'm too afraid to Google because uh, yeah. that feels yeah. like the incorrect choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so in the next scene, Zoe's at work and Joan, her boss, checks in with her about how her first week of being a manager is going. Um, and Zoe says that, you know, she thinks the team could use more team spirit. And Joan is like, okay, as long as you're not thinking something like crazy hat day, because then, uh, you know, you should be looking for jobs elsewhere. <laughs> And so he crumples up this note card she's holding. Uh, yeah, but I mean, crazy hat day. Pro con. Do we love it? Do we hate it? I will I say, mean, I'm not. not? A, well, I'm not a hat guy. Just number one, first and foremost. I that might be some news to some people who uh, are very familiar with <laughs> me playing a, a fictional character who loves hats. Uh, Adam's head does not look good in a hat. And so uh, very rarely do I wear hats, with the exception of my IU Santa hat, which I wear all of December. Um, love that thing. Yeah. So this would be a nightmare for me. I do not like it. Give me, I'm out on, on crazy hat day. I wouldn't wear a hat. I just like straight up wouldn't do it. Yeah. I, I also don't feel like I look all that good in hats. Uh, I wear them occasionally, but I, uh, more for head protection I, uh, than anything else. But yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't mind crazy hat day because the idea of if they're crazy hats are probably not supposed to look all that great anyway. So just like going along with that. But I don't think that crazy hat day would be the way to get me to like have lots of fun in the office. I don't know if it's really, I think, I think you have to have people who are all in, you have to have some buy-in on crazy hat day. Uh, and I don't know how much buy-in I would have at that point. Yeah, I might feel too silly <laughs> to just sit there and wear a weird hat. Especially if there are, like, other people around who, like, aren't 
in the group that's wearing the crazy hats, you know, and they're like, oh, me, yeah, yeah, that would be, <laughs> I would be scared <laughs> about how what I would think there. Um, my other issue uh, with the scene, and maybe okay, I'm gonna be very tentative as I say this, although you know, knowing our scheduling situation, uh, Melissa wouldn't even hear this until she's already on, so it's actually fine. Uh, Joan is just not doing it for me. And I'm going to point to like a, a very specifically my issue. Uh, it's the dialogue. <laughs> it's her as a boss and it's the writing. It is so abundantly clear to me as someone who like day in and day out works in the corporate world. Like my team is very actively involved in managing like the technology at a very large company. Uh, whoever wrote the dialogue for Joan has never even sniffed a corporate office and knows at all what this is like or what like a boss is supposed to sound like like when you were walking in here and being like all right what kind of strategies do you want to implement in your first week like that's, that's just never happening that conversation is never happening and it's never happening like that and it's it's very unfortunate how her character is written because i love lauren graham uh, but this character is is just really unfortunately poorly written, I think, and I am I'm struggling with it a little bit. I say tentatively, knowing how much everyone loves Lauren Graham. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> loving Lauren Graham and her other work doesn't mean you have to love this specific character of Joan. Um, I agree. As of you know, two episodes in, I, I'm a little. I don't know where I stand with Joan. I'm not I'm not super into her. I kind of agree with you. I, I don't know that she's working. And for me, it's not because like, oh, she doesn't use the right corporate speak. <laughs> it's just that I it's just right now. It's like I don't get her like we only see her really interact with Zoe in a few conversations. We really don't have much insight into her character, but I do think there was some humor with her in this episode that I enjoyed, uh, such as when Zoe walks in and she's like, am I in trouble? And Joan is like, why does everyone keep asking me that? <laughs> and so he's like, Oh, I think it's a tone thing. And Joan is like, that was not a real question. <laughs> she did not actually want to know. Yeah, I think, I think also Spark Point's not supposed to be like your typical corporate. It's like the the Google corporation. It's like this, like a totally different type of atmosphere than the type of corporate atmosphere that uh, you work in. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people say that, but corporate world is the corporate world. Uh, you know. Yeah, I, I agree in in but this is also a very you know, um, no exaggerated version of reality already and so i feel and the the idea of that google type of office where everything is just kind of like you know not as buttoned down and all i feel is like a very big thing in the pop culture and maybe even though this came out was a big bigger thing so i feel like playing into that it doesn't bother me that she's not your typical corporate boss at all she also tells Zoe to be strong, be bold, and keep your personal life to yourself. I, Which yeah. Might be why we don't know much about Joan yet, because we've only seen her at work. Fair. I don't know if I need to see more of her personal life, but I do think that's a good, uh, yeah, I don't really need to know my boss's personal life. I feel like I do know more of my boss's personal life than I want to. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, <laughs> luckily they don't mind. So they don't know mine. So they're not listening to this. So it's fine. <laughs> but <laughs> what if they were? Uh, I feel like I would have been fired a while ago. If... <laughs> For what? I don't know. I, I don't know. You're... I mean, you that do have some controversial opinions there. about some of these characters we've talked about, True. but yeah. I don't think that's a fireable offense. Mm. I'm glad that you think that. I still hope that my coworkers not listening to this. I just I don't need that kind of I don't need that in my life. Well, let's see what Zoe does with her coworkers. So she tries to give this big speech to the programming team that she's been planning for. That's why she had the note cards this morning at the appointment and in Joan's office. And what she does is she passes out I guess these memos with a bunch of suggestions for the team and she also passes out journals for everyone. Um, she wants people to write down their daily progress and inspiration in them. And throughout this, Max is being very supportive of Zoe. But people like Tobin and Leaf are really not. They're kind of interjecting with, you know, not helpful comments. There's also a bunch of other people on the team, but they never speak. So we don't really know <laughs> what they think. Um, but then in the middle of her speech, Max starts singing a song to Zoe called Sucker, and she is so uncomfortable the entire time. So when he finishes the song, she really can't get back on track and says, okay, everyone, we can reconvene later. So uh, before we get into the song, one thing I wanted to mention about this scene. So last week, everything we saw from Leaf, like in his interactions with Zoe was like super positive and helpful and nice. And through all last week's episode, I'm like, I don't remember Leaf ever being like this. And I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to like spoil the fact that, you know, he starts to show his like, you know, other self a little bit more but kind of his this true episode, colors yes his true colors if you will but we start to see it a little bit this episode it's not like w super in your face but still like he is like making snide comments and pushing back and not being like the super supportive person that we saw last episode other than inside his head so but yeah i just wanted to say like last week i, I kept myself from saying anything uh, but last week I was like really like going, going like, wow, Leaf is so much nicer than I ever remember him ever being. And uh, okay, now it was like for that one episode, and now Zoe's got the job that he wanted. A uh, the pretense is kind of gone. Yeah, and I don't mind a little bit of snarkiness when your boss is trying to pass out like dream journals oh. for you to, you know. Uh, I'd be pretty out on that. To be yeah, honest I'm, with I'm, you. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying like last week it was like really jarring for me to go back and watch the the pilot for the first time in forever and just like go wait what's going on with leaf uh but yeah I, uh, and the, the memo like oh a little, little memo and it's like it's got to be like a 50 60 page you know document that she print off for everyone it's like so so much wasted paper <laughs> you're gonna take company you know send them a pdf come on true personally i would love a free journal i would take that but i would not want someone to like force me to use it like a certain way at work to write down my daily progress and inspirations that's what zoe said so like if she's just giving this with like that's what you can do that's okay but if she's like you must do this then i would not like that also i feel like tobin's i don't know tobin's are you there god it's me tobin joke is a little little sexist but I feel like they toned it down a lot from the first episode. Like most of his gags weren't along those lines, which I appreciate that they toned Tobin down 
in that aspect quite a bit this episode i felt uh yes lindy i feel like out of the three of us you are the most likely to journal and that's based on me definitely not journaling and having a very high confidence that todd also does not journal do you do you journal uh not currently i have in the past but not recently it's a lot that's a lot to keep up with it's Um, a big commitment to keep up with the journal it could be a small commitment if you you know did it i i mean you could make whatever rules you wanted but yeah it's it's a lot and so i don't i don't do it right now okay todd would you ever journal do you journal am i wrong um, I journaled in college for a class, and uh, it was actually it was actually really helpful. I, but oh, it was a point in time where I was, uh, you know, away from home and dealing with all sorts of like you know interpersonal issues, and so it was like a way that I kind of like got a lot of like my thoughts on page and organized my thoughts. But I also would kind of like just fall down this rabbit hole of you know beating myself up and you know so to get some like self-loathing stuff on the page sometimes i go back and re- i would go back and read it every once in a while and just go wow that was a dark dark period in young todd's life right there but i i did think it was like useful and helpful and i thought about doing it again over the years but i just like blogging was the closest i ever got to like doing any sort of like recording of my life and even then it was a much more public thing so was not anywhere near as personal though it was a lot more personal than it probably should have been yeah i do have some journals from middle school and those are so embarrassing but they are funny to have now <laughs> but i will never be revealing the contents of those journals to anyone else so in middle school how like how embarrassing could they possibly be from middle school because you're just like writing your thoughts unfiltered, like, oh, no one's ever gonna see this. Yeah, but like, it, what could your thoughts have possibly been in middle school? Oh, I wasn't invited to Susie P's birthday party, and I can't believe it because Andrea M got to go. Like, wh- I mean, what could the, like, what could the <laughs> middle school journal possibly say? Okay, okay, like a lot of it is about like who you have a crush on. Of course, yeah, and like. But you're in middle school, so like right, you're in middle school, and so it's like friendship drama and like who you have a crush on, and like every interaction you have with that crush being like so important, and it's just so dramatic, and it's like wow, this this didn't need to be so dramatic, like yeah, but now you're okay. making it more dramatic by being no, like I, I, will, okay. I will never release the country's <laughs> secrets; they are too okay. valuable. <laughs> Okay, I changed my mind. I'll say one thing. This is this is like this is the vibe of these journals. Okay. I remember there's there's one entry where um it was like my birthday and my crush at the time N- name like, names, Lindy. I'm not naming names. There's no world where they're listening to this. There's no I don't world. care. Also, I don't care. You could have said any name there, and we would have had no reason to not believe whatever name you could have made up could have made up any name. Quincy! You could have made any name. I mean, I Adam was thinking of names on the spot there with Andrea M and Susie P. Yeah, it's so easy. It's just so you want me to make up a fake name, well, then no, why I even matter? You, I really wanted you to tell us the real name, but clearly you know I or you could have just said a fake one and then we would have believed that it was the real one. It would have been it would have been basically the same for everyone listening either way. Oh my gosh. 
I'm not naming. Are they listening? What is the percent chance that your crush when you were at whatever age here is listening (laughs) to this podcast? Give me a number. Is there, I mean, literally, yeah, there's no chance. (laughs) There's no chance. And yet you're keeping this under lock and key. That's what I'm saying. But why? (laughs) Because. What is the downside? Do you want me to share my middle school crush? You didn't even let me finish the story. But I, yes, know, I would <laughs> love to know, name names, who I was will. your middle school crush? Yeah, okay. I'll let you finish your story and then, and then no, I can go. Or, no, oh, okay, well, for, fine. Her name was Carol. Carol? There was an E at the end. Yeah, Carol. Okay. Yeah, we, we were you know, very good friends growing up, and then I moved away. It was very sad. But, you know, whatever. There you go. Middle school crush. See, like, I don't care what the name was. Like, that didn't do anything for me. You just, oh my God, you just. (sighs) (laughs) I'm just saying, I didn't need to provide a name because it doesn't matter. It could have mattered. Anyway, here's what, okay. The journal entry. I'm going to say his name was Quincy. Quincy, okay, was my middle school crush. Yes. So, (laughs) one year on my birthday, he, like, passed me in the hallway and said, happy birthday. I'm not. like that's it he said happy birthday okay and in my journal i wrote that is the nicest present anyone has ever given me (laughs) (laughs) like what was i talking about like he literally just said happy birthday and i was like oh my gosh it's the greatest day of my life (laughs) he knows i exist i mean there you go uh Wow, we love to see it. Uh, yeah. uh, do you still own this journal? Yeah. I don't know, Lindy. I feel like I feel like maybe we gotta whip out this journal at some point. For what? For what reason? For entertainment purposes? For content? I just entertain for, you. Is that not for maybe overcoming some uh, emotional trauma that may have occurred <laughs> that caused you to think that this was the most important secret ever and must be guarded at the expense of your life? Like, I mean, I don't know. I feel like there's some stuff to figure out here. Look, Adam, I have emotional trauma, but honestly, <laughs> it's not from middle school. Like, I <laughs> I made it out of there okay. Wow. Okay. Fair. I mean, fair enough. All the more reason to open up that middle school journal. But all right. Another maybe, day. What if there's stuff in there about a science fair? There's, is there any chance? Not. Did you have any middle school science fairs? Is there any chance that you wrote anything about a middle school science fair in there? I highly doubt it. I don't remember. I, mm. I might have done it in middle school, but I wouldn't have journaled about it. Anyway, mm. we're here to talk about Zoe's <laughs> yeah. Extraordinary Playlist, yeah. and we're not. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um... So. The song. Yeah, the, <laughs> the song. Oh, the song. Uh, great job, Skylar Aston. This was much better than the song they gave him last episode. Very happy to see it. Uh, it was also a, like a little jarring for me to see like a very modern song in this because like it didn't really strike me that the show is like from just a couple years ago. And then when it started playing, I was like, oh, uh, okay. I guess like we're doing recent songs here. Uh, but it was great. I loved it. Yeah, I agree. It's a it's a much better uh, song, a performance uh, compared to a uh, the I think I love you. Um, it's still, I don't know, it didn't a hundred percent work for me for some reason. But I think that overall, it definitely it was like a step up. I think we have higher highs to see from Skylar Astor on the show moving forward. But I think it was definitely like a step in the right direction for me. 
I totally agree. I liked it better than the last episode song, but I will say it's just kind of revealing the same information that the song in the previous episode already revealed. So this doesn't really do anything new besides make Zoe really uncomfortable. So uh, Max approaches Zoe at the cereal bar in the office and he's talking about how he got them a reservation at this cool restaurant that's farm to table. But Zoe starts acting so weird about it because she thinks this seems romantic. You know, it's Thursday night. He kind of calls it, oh, is it a date? And she's acting so weird. But then Simon walks up and he and uh, Max introduce each other. And Max is like, oh, like Zoe's mentioned you once or twice. <laughs> so now Zoe's just uncomfortable in every way. Yeah, this felt like such a weird interaction to me between Max and Simon. Like, uh, more of a of like a rivalry situation when like I I have no reason to think that they would think that they're in any kind of rivalry here. Uh, right? Max has a fiance. Simon. Simon a, does. Simon has a fiance. Whatever. Max. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Yeah, I'm like this was there was way too much like backhanded passive aggressive stuff in this conversation than what there should have been. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense uh from Max's side of things because Max knows that Zoe has a crush on Simon. Max obviously has a crush on Zoe, so him feeling threatened makes sense, but from what we've seen of Simon so far, yeah, it feels a little odd for him to be, you know, so passive aggressive and i think there could be a way to read it where it's not quite as passive aggressive and just kind of awkward because zoe's being awkward in this whole sequence you know i think that really jumped on me is never max walks up she's like hey friendo uh which made me think of adam because adam has like likes to say friendo uh occasionally but uh the other thing is never a uh simon was like you guys seem close she's like oh yeah just close the way friends are close when they're friends with each other it's just like she, she is so awkward. I think Zoe's awkward energy is just permeating the entire interaction. Uh, so it's it's hard to say how much is coming from Simon, how it's coming from Max, and how much Zoe is just like making things like ten times more awkward than they should be, just because she's feeling awkward. Yeah, and I'm gonna give one more like small complaint here. Uh, I would like to see Zoe explain to someone. Really could be anyone. Maybe her dad. Maybe Mo. I don't know how she feels about um max right because i know uh obviously like she doesn't want to like start a big emotional relationship that's very clear from this stuff and she's very uncomfortable by like knowing how he feels like okay i get that element of it but is the reason she doesn't want to like date him because of like the boss employee relationship is it because she would rather be with simon is it because she's just straight up not interested like is it a like is it just that she want to be she wants to be friends or like nothing like i want to hear her explain that in some capacity and i feel like we just haven't gotten that i think we know like the end result of what she wants in that like not a relationship and like that i guess that's something but i i admittedly i would like to hear a little bit of like the explanation uh and like her actual thoughts and feelings there a little bit more maybe even through song i don't know yeah maybe yeah, I think, I mean, it's, it's kind of been hinted at a little bit in her way she acts towards him, things that she said, like the last episode, she was thinking of him for being such a great friend, uh, hearing the journal, can you say friend for life? I, the sense I think you're supposed to get for like between two episodes is this is her best friend 
who she is not seen in that romantic light and suddenly having the romance thrown in there is just throwing her for a loop. I mean, I think that's, but I agree. She has not really articulated much about their relationship and her thoughts on it at this point. So uh, after this awkward interaction, Simon, Simon tells Zoe that he wants to talk to her about something related to work. Uh, so they go in his office and uh, they start brainstorming about this uh, launch party for the new watch that they've been working on. And they kind of throw a football around and brainstorm together and decide that they're going to um, push notifications to all the app users that have clues to a scavenger hunt. That's going to eventually lead everyone into bigger groups and then to this party at Spark Point. Um, and then after this conversation, Zoe tells Simon about her dad's new meds and how that's working. So they are talking about work, but they also are still kind of bonding with the subject of their dads. And then Zoe breaks something in the office and Simon says, oh, no, no big deal. Just a major humanitarian award I won. Uh, it's like humble brag much. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's not even just like an award. I'm like, it's oh, just a major humanitarian award. I won. I uh, guess no big deal. I thought he was joking, but he didn't. He didn't like indicate that it was a joke. Was, I was... really hope he was not joking, because if he was joking, then he's also not funny as well as being <laughs> annoying. And like that is an, oh, it's over too. That's really bad. So, so you're, you're still out on Simon at this point? OK, or... I liked him less this episode than the previous episode. <laughs> Um, I feel like that again, like that awkward interaction with Max, I feel like it was just so uncalled for. And I feel like he was the, was the problem. Um, cause he like came in right away and was just like, oh, I feel like I've been seeing you two around so much all the time. You're basically effing in the office. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like it, it was just so uncalled for from him and I'm blaming it almost entirely on him. Um, also because Skylar Essen could do no wrong, I think. Uh, so that's like the other situation that's also happening. Uh, but then I thought like Zoe was way too forward about the conversation was like, uh, she, what did she say? Like is important work project code for let's unpack our emotional trauma with about our fathers. Like uh, she was so forward, like right from the beginning and like assumed it was about that. Um, and then I don't know. It's just, they have really weird vibes. Zoe and Simon, just like really weird vibes. I don't know how else to describe it. He has a fiance. Okay. I'm like, I, I don't know. It's weird vibes. It's all weird. Does he have a fiance? Yeah. Or was that he, a dream? <laughs> no, there were no falling pianos. Lindy. <laughs> no, no one died. So it's <laughs> actually Adam. There's like one falling piano each episode. And then you're supposed to know that that scene wasn't oh. real. Haven't been tracking each yeah, falling it was, piano. It was way far in the background in the first uh -huh. episode, so it's mm -hmm. easy to miss. Uh, it's actually, you know. an accordion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Obviously, Simon is engaged. So yeah, I get what you're saying. It, it it's there's weird, weird vibes, Lindy. Right? I mean, yeah, they've bonded on this deep emotional level, as Zoe said last time. But they've had like four conversations, so yeah, that's a little weird. Yeah. This is the person that Zoe should want to be friends with, okay? And then Max is probably the person that Zoe should want to be in a relationship with. So is Max like your top character right now? Top character? Ooh. Well, you're kind of out on Simon. I'm, you're I'm not kind sure of about Simon. Mo. I'm still not sure about Mo. Uh, I, think I probably, don't understand, but... Probably after this episode, yeah. I, I think so. 
Okay. Yeah. I could see. No. I was going to say, like, her. Pa- I actually really do enjoy her parents. Uh, but I, I think, like, in terms of just, like, a singular entity, I do think it's probably Max. Oh, you know what? We're going to get to her later. It's not Max. I There's someone else. Okay. Oh. Intrigue. We'll get there. <laughs> um, so at lunch, uh, Mo and Zoe meet up and you know, Zoe talks about how Max is totally distracting her at work. You know, he sang to her again today. And that's when Zoe coins the term heart songs, saying that Max, you know, keeps singing her these heart songs. Um, and then everyone around them in the cafe starts singing. I want to dance with somebody. Well, actually, not everyone is singing it, but a lot of people are. Um, but the interesting thing is that Zoe can talk to Mo during this song. So while Zoe is hearing the song, Mo is just seeing what's really happening. Um, and Zoe tries these noise-canceling headphones that Mo brought, but they don't block the song because it's in her head. Um, and then... One of the people leading the song was uh, the barista, Autumn. And so Zoe is familiar with her and asks her how she feels about Max and farm-to-table food. (laughs) Zoe is trying to find a solution to her uh, perceived problem here. And, you know, in typical fashion, she's trying to find a solution just by deflecting it all away from herself and trying not to actually confront what's really going on. I think that's kind of a going to be a, a standard thing that we've seen from her and I think probably will be something that she deals with uh, a lot uh, possibly. Um, yeah. I think my favorite thing with this is Mo complaining about how Zoe's the power is wasted on Zoe. You know, it's like, what are they singing? I don't know. I think it's by Whitney Houston. You think. <laughs> it's like just Mo's disdain at the fact that Zoe has no idea what this song is. Uh, which, uh, let's be fair, like, I've of all the songs you're to not know this, I think this is one of the more surprising ones for her to, to not have any idea about. Uh, but yeah, it was a, uh, that I, I really like that during the sequences. Mo again, still trying to be like the, the scientist a little bit, but then just being just completely out of it. And I like the, the shot during the song of cutting to what Mo is seeing while Zoe is seeing all the dancing. I kind of like the, uh, like Moses, I'm just gonna a lot of the white people standing around waiting for their, their coffee, you know? And I thought that was neat to kind of, cut in between Zoe's view and Mo's view. God, this is going to make just no sense for like the traditional, what you would expect of an Adam take. Uh, I like did not enjoy the quippiness of Mo. <laughs> I don't even know. I like, I don't even know what to say. Okay. Um, I, I, a couple things here. Number one, uh, I love Autumn. We don't get her a ton. I think she is my favorite character so far. What? And I really love her. Uh, I don't know that I can like explain that <laughs> any better. I would never have guessed. We were like, oh, my favorite character is coming up. It's Autumn? Well, I, I guess only because, okay, he's mentioned every other character and he just, except for maybe one or two, but he said her and the only other female we have not in this episode is Autumn. So it has to be Autumn, uh, but I did not say anything because I wanted to see the reaction. Uh, from okay. So things I care about versus things I do not care about relative to the scene. I think the song was spectacular i actually really really like it i love when we do different arrangements of songs especially when it's like kind of like a you know a big 
uh, pop song that they turn into kind of more of a ballad, more of an emotional beat. I thought that like, uh, and they even said this throughout, like the actual choreography in uh, the coffee shop was beautiful. It was gorgeous. It was like really emotional and moving. Like there were, you know, there were no tears this time, but like that kind of thing I really love. Um, it took me, uh, there was a, the, one of the, the, the diner scene from Tick, Tick, Boom actually like reminds me a lot of like this kind of vibe that I really resonate with and really enjoy, but it, it doesn't land as powerfully for me when you have someone in the middle making quips and trying to make it about them. Uh, that is like my <laughs> chief issue here. I don't care about the science of like, oh, why can you see this? Why can't they see this? Let's put on headphones and uh, all these white people doing car. Like, okay, I, I like, I don't, I don't care. I like, okay, there are some scenarios where I love that. Like, if that is the situation, if that's the humor of the scene they're trying to go for, or even if like they're interrupting a more serious moment, I guess, like, okay, that could be like a funny, kind of lighthearted, we take the tone a little bit. That was just not like what was going on here. And when I really enjoyed the song, when the song resonated with me, but then we have to like cut back and forth between them. I don't know. It was, it just did not work for me as well as I would have hoped, or even as well as I might've thought that kind of thing would have worked for me. Like before I actually saw it, because I said right at the very beginning, I feel like this is not a traditional Adam take because I love that kind of stuff. Normally. Uh, I just don't feel like it worked very well here. I wanted to get the song. Uh, and I just, this is maybe going to sound bad for the show because it's, basically the entire premise i do not care if we find out the logistics of why she's hearing songs or seeing people sing i simply do not care <laughs> see but i feel like that's the point of the episode is that by the end zoe doesn't care and like by the end of the episode zoe's like i'm just going to go with this sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't it's just going to go for the ride so i feel like this is like the episode is them struggling with this and trying to do this. And this is an example of, yeah, Zoe is missing out on what's going on around her because they are trying to figure things out. And by the end, she is accepting the fact that, yeah, we don't need the logistics. We don't need to try and break down why what's happening is happening. We're just going to ride it out. So I, I think like that your major complaint about what things are going on is, I feel, resolved by the end of the episode. Saying, sure, but this isn't the end anymore. of the episode. But, but it's the but it's the point of the the scene. I feel like you're, it's it's the point of the episode itself, and that is them like struggling with this push and pull from it. So I can understand not working for you in this moment, but I think greater thematically in the episode for me it works because it's showing, yeah, Mo is pushing and pushing and pushing, and Zoe's been pushing and pushing and pushing, but it's it's messing everything up for them, and so now they're just going to accept and move forward. So. I don't, it works for me really well, uh, but, you know, your minds may vary. I have no problem with it. <laughs> I <laughs> I find it interesting. I, I think, I thought this was an interesting scene where Zoe can talk to Mo during the song. Like, such that, like, the world doesn't stop and Zoe's just hearing the song. Like, the world is continuing while this is happening, which is really interesting. It makes me think, what was she doing when she was giving that speech and Max was singing to her? She was just standing there for, like, a full minute doing nothing <laughs> and everyone was just staring at her? Like... It's kind of like the, the whole, you know, uh, Rebecca Bunch question of it all. Like, are these songs is, like... 
Because like in the very last episode of 6G, you know, she has that thing where she stops and she stares off. But we never really got the sense before anywhere in the show that people are sitting around waiting for her to go through these songs in her head. It's like an instantaneous thing. Uh, so that is one of the questions of the show is like how much of this is happening in an instant and she even says at the end of the episode, sometimes it's over in an instant. Sometimes it seems to take for a while. Uh, like last episode, never, you know, Max is singing his song to her. Like it starts off with him right next to her. And at the end, he's at the top of the stairs going, what? So did he just like walk away from her in the middle of their conversation? Yeah, I mean, there. that's one of those things that the logic of it doesn't necessarily always track in the show. But I'm willing to to, to forgive it just because of the magical realism of it all but it's one of those things that you know i try not to, to think too hard about the logistics uh, because if i did it would probably drive me uh bonkers um so in the next scene zoe brings um adam's favorite character to work <laughs> um in order to introduce max and autumn to each Lady, other do you not like autumn like what like what's going on i had zero opinion of autumn in this episode i was just like whatever she was just like set up on a date and she was like yeah i'll go for it like i had no negative opinion or positive opinion of her she was just there wow what did she do adam I, she's living my dream i think is what's happening <laughs> what's your dream my going dream? on a date with skylar aston yeah. for bougie food my <laughs> dream is someone coming to me being like hey do you like your favorite kind of food do you have this very exclusive restaurant and you want to go on a date with skylar aston all in one yeah of course that's the dream okay so you're just like jealous of her slash proud of her for seizing that opportunity yeah more the second more the second okay a little bit of the first do you also have a fomographic memory? Uh, are you are you jealous of her fomographic? No, but memory? I drink a lot of coffee and would love someone to make me bougie coffee consistently because I like don't I drink I drink a ton of coffee like my Keurig pumps out iced coffee so many times a day, uh, and I would love it to be bougier, but I it's hard to it's hard to find the time. Although I did, I just uh, no, never mind. This is really a, this is really off topic. <laughs> Not that this stopped us ever before. I'm just gonna say, <laughs> I, say. I got a bunch of like uh, the flavors. I got like some little flavor things, uh, and like the not syrups, but they're like I don't know what the word is, but whatever. They're very good. Please explain, because if it's not syrup, what well, is it? Well, like it is a syrup, but it's like lighter than a syrup. I'd have to go. I'd have to go. I don't understand. <laughs> Yeah, because it's it's more of a, it's like a what I don't know. I want a picture of this because I I have yeah. no idea. Yeah, what okay. you mean? I'll yeah. and I'll, then, then post on, on our Twitter it, account. Yeah, to people can know. <laughs> uh, flavored coffee though, I love flavored coffee, especially iced coffee, year round iced coffee, baby. Agreed. Very bougie. Um, so basically, you know, Zoe tells Max, oh, I've got a family thing Thursday night, but Autumn can go with you to this restaurant. And honestly, Max and Autumn seem into this. And Zoe's like, oh, I love this energy. I'll let you two sort out the details. Yeah. Uh, I also kind of, I don't mind this like pairing, although Lindy just hates Autumn, I guess. So I, I don't, don't... Even... <laughs> it's clear that you despise her with all of your being. Sure. Um, <laughs> No, I think, I mean, I think this is great. And clearly, uh, I like, uh, Zoe is not ready slash into a relationship with Max. 
and they're uh she's his boss so like that's not even really the worst thing even you know if she like it's okay they don't need to be together in that way um i, I don't mind this i don't how much i don't how much more of this do we think we're gonna see I don't know why I'm asking you that. You well, Todd and I know the answer. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? Yeah. yeah, how much do you think we're going to see? I mean, I think we're going to see some. I think we're going to get at least a couple more episodes uh, of them. I don't know if, like, dating is the right word. I, I mean, they're going to be, you know, uh, together a couple times. I imagine this will will a couple more scenes. Uh, but, you know, as I said before, we're not going to get out of season one without some kind of a romantic encounter between Max and uh, uh, Zoe. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. All right, adding in Max and Autumn for a couple more episodes. Couple more Adam production uh, prediction. Uh, I if it believe me, if Adam was in production, it would be that. <laughs> so. so it'd be Autumn's extraordinary playlist. Oh yeah. no, Zoe's lost her powers. Uh, plus, she's got a great voice too. So uh, there you go. A uh, little cherry on top. Who plays her? Do I know that actress? I'm I'm uh, afraid to look it up. Can I? Uh, yeah, probably, Todd tell you. Yeah, probably not. I looked her up. And she hasn't been. Her name is Stephanie Styles, and I didn't really know her from a whole lot of stuff. She seemed a little familiar, but never. I looked her up. Nothing really jumped out at me. Nothing uh, that, that I would know. In. Anything? I don't. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, because I didn't recognize her, but she does have a really good voice. So. So in the next scene, Zoe's brother calls her and he shows her that he has been able to get their dad to communicate uh, yes and no answers using a taboo buzzer. So he'll buzz uh, once for yes and twice for no. And Zoe and her brother are both like really excited about this. I love the concept. Uh, yeah, I think this is a just a great concept. Yeah, and I do want to say uh, we've seen just uh, we haven't seen a lot of David Zoe's brother, but I do like the little the little moments where like they're giving each other a hard time, or he's picking her a little bit, like the brother sister relationship. Like at the doctor's earlier, he like grabbed her flashcards and made fun of her for having to write down "Hi, I'm Zoe," and or here he's like, "Dad, am I your favorite?" and then pushes the button down. You know, I'm sorry I had to find out this way, and then know hangs up before she can say anything and just her little reaction to it i don't i just i just like that i think they've done a good job of conveying this uh, brother-sister relationship between david and zoe and their dynamic yeah my only complaint is that i would not have been able to tell you that her brother's name was david i feel i just feel like he hasn't been i agree like the dynamic has been well established and explained i don't think that he has been very well established and explained which maybe is okay like i think that's actually kind of fine but I don't think yeah. I would have been able to tell you his name. Yeah, understandable. Understandable. Yeah, because he hasn't been in it a lot. In the first episode, he was mainly just there to be kind of on the, the mom's side in terms of trying to be overprotective of their dad. And so, yeah, uh, so far we haven't seen a lot of David. Uh, but I think what little we have seen has been pretty positive. So later, uh, Max confronts Zoe about why she doesn't want to go to dinner with him. And basically, he kind of suggests that it's because of her new power. And she's obviously really panicked about what he means. But when she finds out it's that he means her power as uh, his boss now, she insists that that is why she's been uncomfortable lately. Uh, she insists that there need to be boundaries between us now. Like, I'm your boss now. And so I'm just figuring out how to deal with that. And, you know, if that was a reason, you know, 100% understandable, you know, it, even though he's kind of trying to act like it's not a big deal, you know, dating your direct you know, employee, it's a big deal. There's a huge power dynamic there. And well, it, to be fair, he's not talking about 
oh, why don't you want to date me? He's talking yeah. about why don't you as my friend want to have dinner with me because we're friends and that's but, what we do. But but even then, uh, and it's one of those things that there's different schools of thought, but there is a, a big th- a thought in like for managers that a uh, having friendships with your direct reports or having a friendship with one direct report, not the rest of your direct reports can cause a uh, feelings of jealousy can cause, you know, image of impropriety, unfairness, favoritism and things like that. So even if it is just, yeah, continuing the friendship, I think taking a step back and going, okay, we need to like at least examine this uh, isn't, isn't the, a bad thought. Yeah, my issue comes at the inconsistency that I see between this and then the following scene. Um, how good of friends are they? How good of friends are they supposed to have been? Uh, because the, I, I, you know, obviously we'll talk about this, but the implication that I am getting from the following scene is that they're pretty close. They've like, known each other for a long time. They're, you know, uh i don't know like how emotionally close or whatever but like they've been friends for a while and they are very good and close friends who would normally or even in you know whatever situation be able to go have a meal together and you know whatever uh versus how terribly awkward and uncomfortable zoe is playing this uh whenever max is asking because like to max's credit he's asking very directly like hey what's going on like what is the issue here um, which again makes me think that they're like pretty close because like he's able to read this like pretty well. Um, I don't know. I think that Zoe is playing this very, very poorly. And I think that like saying uh being really awkward and like being, oh, you know, it's because of like the job and the whatever, and just going along with that. Uh, I don't like it. I feel like they're supposed to be closer friends, and like I know this is awkward because she knows that uh he likes her. But I like something about it just felt wrong to me, and I like it, felt, it made me feel weird about like their friendship slash relationship and like how well established it is supposed to have been uh, versus what we're seeing. But I, for me, yeah, it's been a very well established friendship. They're best friends, and she thought that she knew exactly what their relationship was. And now she's had this kind of seismic shift in her view of how he views her, which is not how she views him. And to finally find out this person you've thought just been like, you're almost like a brother figure all this time is now in love with you uh, and have it like being broadcast in your mind constantly. I, I think, you know, that would throw you off. And, you know, I'm not saying that she handles it well, like not at all. But I don't know how else she's going supposed to, you know, handle it. Other than, you know, just being straightforward and saying, by the way, I can now suddenly hear your thoughts and I know all these private things that you think about me, which is <sighs> not great either. I think there's a lot of space in between those two <laughs> things. Well, I, think the pro- I, I think the problem is that I understand why she's thrown by this you know, declaration of love, but he has no idea that she's aware of that. So that's the problem. She's totally switched her behavior for a reason he can't understand. And the only thing to him that has changed is that now she's a manager. So obviously that's what he would point to and her demanding, oh yeah, that's it makes him think, well, is is that really a reason to be acting this way? 
it's a bad i think it's a bad reason is is like the read i think that at least in his mind it's a bad reason and i would even say in my mind it's, it's a bad reason if their friendship is what they have portrayed it to have been like maybe maybe if they were just like casual co-worker friends like I, you know i have like co-worker friends and if one of them were to be promoted like maybe things would change a little bit but like the vibe that we're in i we do need to move on to the next scene but like the vibe that we're getting here is like they know each other pretty deeply they're like families are connected he like knows her like pretty well uh for that relationship to change on a dime after a promotion uh feels like really bad to me i think and i don't disagree i think the, my only pushback on that would be we've already seen immediately when she was like even being concerned with the promotion, other people in the office were giving her a hard time about, you know, getting the promotion because she's a female. She's the only other female in the office. It's Joan and her and a whole bunch of guys. Again, this is not the real reason she is feeling this way, but I I think if they are just good friends, I think if she's telling him we need to figure this out because I'm worried about how this looks i'm worried about how he might perceive it i think he could have given her a little bit more grace with it i think is where i'm coming down i don't think either one of them are handling the situation well i guess it's where i'm landing well it. see i actually think i disagree because i think that max bringing it up directly and being like pretty open and honest about like hey what's going on is handling it pretty well overall i i think him bring it up yeah but i think his reaction to it and her basically him telling her like it's dumb that you're feeling this way i don't think that was handling it well oh you might have had different reads because i was not the vibe i don't think i heard those words come out of well, his not mouth those, at all not those words, but that was the vibe that i got from it that he was like very much like she's basically telling him how and again it's she's grasping at straws but from his point of view, like this is what she's telling him. And he's just basically like, trying to, she's telling him what she's, what she's saying her concerns are. We know it's not really a concern, but from his point of view, she's saying, this is my concern. And he's saying, well, it shouldn't be, you shouldn't be concerned about it. You shouldn't worry about that. And that's not the right way to respond to someone whenever they are possibly someone who like Zoe, who is very high strung and very much like control freak. And she's telling him that this is the thing and she needs some, some boundaries to try and figure out some stuff then you know if it's such good friends he should know her well enough to know yeah this is how she reacts to things but i think but like he does know her well enough and knows that this is not how she reacts to things therefore causing him to be like what's going on right and then i also think like the other kind of thing at play here <laughs> is uh he was the one that brought it up to her like hey is this what's happening and she was like yeah yeah this is exactly what's ha like in, in one of those things. And at least my read of the situation, I'm curious, Linda, your thoughts was that I think that he could tell that she was just kind of like going along with it to, to continue that part of it. Because I think like, it's, I think it's decently clear to me that he was like, yeah, okay, this is bullshit, but okay. Like, this is what you're saying. I didn't think that part about, I didn't think he caught on to like, oh, that's not the reason she's just pretending. But uh, in general about the conversation, I agree more with what Adam is saying, which I hate to admit it. Oh but. my God. <laughs> but I do think that we should move on because I think uh, you've both got a different opinion and I don't think it's about to change. Um, so uh, in the next scene, I don't know why Adam kept saying the next scene because Max is not involved in it. But... Uh. What, yeah, I'm grouping this all together because of how little I cared about it. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> uh, tell us how you really feel. Okay. 
Um, so the next scene, Zoe is at her parents' house, and uh, her dad has been trying to tell her mom something all day, and her mom just cannot figure out what her dad wants to tell her. Um, and then her mom leaves the room, and Zoe talks to him, and he ends up singing the song Moon Dance to her. And she doesn't really know it, so she says, I'm going to look into this and get back to you, because she thinks that is the key to finding out what he's trying to say to her mom. So, uh, by process of elimination, I'm guessing this is the song that Adam did not care for in this <laughs> episode, uh, which I gotta say, I enjoyed this song a lot. I really enjoyed the song. I really enjoyed the performance. Um, I thought it was, uh, I, I liked the, him dancing around while Maggie is completely oblivious to him. Uh, I thought that was, a uh, a nice use of the choreography and the concept of the show. So he's dancing around singing while she is going off looking kind of sad and just doing her own little thing. I thought it was well choreographed, well put together scene. I really like his performance. So yeah, this really worked for me. <laughs> uh, Tyler and I aren't agreeing on anything today. <laughs> uh, I think this was the worst song of the episode uh, by like a pretty wide margin. Um, I don't know if it was bad per se. It just like the appeal of uh, her father singing a song was huge in that first episode. But I think that if I had known that he was going to like be singing more consistently, it probably would have hit less hard. Um, I also didn't know the song, which certainly didn't help uh, at all. So, you know, there's that whole element of it. Uh, and then the the cherry on top, which probably was my least favorite part of the episode. Um, the fact that this song was not just him saying that he wanted to strip his wife uh, is really the worst part of the whole thing. Because if you would have come out of this episode telling me that this whole song was because he wanted to get some action, uh, I would have been like, okay, yeah, get it. You do you, baby. Uh, but like, that is not what was happening here. And that's really unfortunate because <laughs> that would have been really the only saving grace of having this very obscure song, uh, that is all about just having sex. So hate to see it. I I'm so ready for everyone to disagree with everything I just said. I'm, I'm just bothering <laughs> calling it an obscure song, I guess, but okay. Uh, I mean, I've never heard of it. Lenny, have you heard of the song? Well, I've seen the episode before, so I have to say yes. Okay, but okay, when you first saw the episode a couple years ago, had you ever heard of this song? Probably not. Okay. Um, sorry. <laughs> I, not that that's like an amazing metric to Todd's point. I like that, you know, but um, what are you saying? I feel, I mean, I'm, you know, uh, you think I don't know music? I mean, okay. like, uh, I don't know. Is this an obscure song? Is this not an obscure song? That's my question. I didn't say anything about its obscurity. Well, I'm asking. What do you think? I would say it's popular. It's Oh, okay. Not popular. I don't know. I would. What? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm not making any claims is the thing. But anyway. Um, okay, like point of clarification, I'm a little confused. So you wanted this singing to be about how he wanted to have sex with his wife, and you yeah. were disappointed that that was not I the, think the it, only thing yeah, going yeah, yeah. on. Because to me, uh, this whole concept is exponentially funnier if like the songs that she is hearing <laughs> are about how his, how her dad wants to uh, strip her mom. Like that to me, is really funny um 
And it just, that's not what was happening, unfortunately. This is a sex positive podcast, Lindy. Okay, but was it not about that? Like, that was part of it, right? Well, I mean, I don't want to like get too far ahead here, but we're like almost an hour and a half into the podcast. Uh, I thought like the whole point here was that like he's trying to say that he loves her. That was the, that was like the gist of, of the yeah. song. Not yeah, that, that he wants to get some action. I guess I thought it was both. <laughs> Oh, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm I all wrong? in on that reading, but I don't think that's what I got from the meaning of yeah. the song. Yeah, I think it was it was more the romance part of it. Like the romance wants to say, I love you because never Zoe kind of bring it up. Her mom's like, oh, we're fine on that front. Although, Which, although by maybe, the way, uh, tell me more. How are you fine on that front? Although, although maybe she thinks they're fine and he doesn't. So maybe that's what the song is trying to say. I don't know. But no, it is more, uh, it did come across more of the, you know, the romance, the love, like wanting things to be the way that they used to be uh, part of it. Yeah. Um, but. Okay. I getting not, ahead of this in yeah. the scene where her mom sings a song to him, doesn't it end with like, do you want to make love to me or something? And he like buzzes for yes. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah, but that's like a whole thing. That wasn't the point of him. That, that wasn't the point of the buzzer because the moon dance is supposed to represent like the point of him. Oh my god, doing the buzzer thing, right? And the yeah, whole point what? of the buzzer thing was that he is trying to say, "I love you." Is that? Yeah. Am, I, am I crazy? No, okay. no uh, we're yeah, we're we're on the same page. All right. page on that. <laughs> yeah. Finally, finally, Adam, I, I don't know. Yeah. I was like, I watched this episode twice. I can't believe yeah. making all these things. Yeah. No, so the the through the episode, you know, he's trying to tell her something with the buzzer, and she can't figure it out. And the message he's trying to get her is like, he wants to say, "I love you." He wishes things were the way that they used to be, and that's what the song represents. Not so much the sex, but just like the the intimacy, the romance, the everything. And yeah, that does lead to the end to them like wanting to, you know, hop into bed. But that's apparently they've been doing that already. Uh, but it was like the things leading up to it, like the more, again, the more intimate connection beyond just the physical is what he was trying to convey with it. Okay. Which for me works. So yeah, so that's where we'll disagree. It's because yeah. I want yeah, it that's to we'll be, get back to the disagreement. I want it to be. I mean, I mean, yeah. honestly, it doesn't work that great for me. I, I will say, like having that be like the you know, I like the song a lot. I I agree that the the message of it is a little little muddled, uh, but it's it's not that I'm disappointed that it wasn't just they wanted to stoop. It's that <laughs> I felt like there could have been like a better way for them maybe to like to get that across. But uh, but I think as a performance, as a song and all, I still really enjoyed it. So then uh, Zoe meets up with Mo and they talk about, you know, what this song means. You know, Zoe has looked it up and she's really trying to find another interpretation other than, you know, the making love part. She doesn't really want to be thinking about that. But that's kind of the conclusion that they have. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so then at work, uh, Zoe, her team is just not getting the project done for this scavenger hunt and they're all giving excuses. Uh, so she just says, fine, I'll do it all myself. Um, and then at the end of the night, you know, Zoe asks Max, like, what am I doing wrong? But he kind of dismisses that. He's like, I, look, I'm just trying to, you know, do my work. I don't know. Um, but he does say that he's going to send her some pictures of the food from the restaurant unless that's crossing a boundary. Um, but she says that would be nice. I thought this was a weird 
conversation because are they mad at each other or not? Because if they're mad at each other, why would he be sending her the pictures and why would she like that? And if they're not mad, why would they be so frosty in this conversation? This was weird. Yeah, the whole dynamic between them all episode is off. Yeah, it, it makes it doesn't make any sense. The vibes are not there. I I, I don't know. It does it. Yeah, agreed. I'm glad. I'm glad we all agree. <laughs> um. So you know, Max is like, I hope you and your work have a lovely evening together. Um. So Zoe's basically the last person there at the office at night, and then we see her the next morning when Simon wakes Zoe up for their presentation. She clearly fell asleep at her desk. Um, and so we see her give this whole presentation wearing spark point sweats head to toe. And afterwards, Joan calls this a talk of shame and tells Zoe that she needs to get some rest. Like, and uh, Zoe's like, it's just because I'm a dress because if I've been a, a, a man doing it, <laughs> Joan's like, no, you smell bad, too. Like, oh, OK. <laughs> I also feel like Joan asked her, like, what's going on? And isn't Joan the one who just said, like, keep your personal life out of the workplace? Like, Yeah, but also uh, Zoe just showed up, uh, you know, smelling horrible and, and dressing clothes that she just stole from the, uh, the you know, the intern swag. So I think Joan is a, uh, you know, within her rights to ask what's going on without not necessarily being like a personal question, but like. You that was just so unprofessional. What is going on? I think does not have to be like what's going on in your personal life, as in what in the heck were you thinking coming in here like that? So I don't think it necessarily need to be uh, a personal question. It is it has entered the workspace. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is 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 the issue? I find this. I mean, falling asleep at your desk. I can see that, but staying asleep all night and into the morning. The minute before the presentation like simon didn't see her there like five minutes prior like <laughs> yeah that's the top yeah that's tough not a single co-worker was there being like hey uh wake up yeah well to be fair none of her coders are going to do anything right now because they all pretty much despise her as a boss right now so none of them are going to do anything True. and then all of course we have like the the physical comedy of her getting coffee splashed on her which uh, which is the real reason that she got the the intern swag. I did like Joan calling out. That's for the interns. We get to them so they don't mind us not paying them. I thought that was a, a funny gag. Yeah, unpaid internships are um, a scam. But anyway, oh, a thousand percent. So in the next scene, Zoe really awkwardly talks to her mom about what her dad might be trying to say. Um, and that's when, you know, Zoe brings up the song Moon Dance and she pretends that they like saw it on TV the other night. Um, and Zoe's mom tells her the story of how her dad first said, I love you while they were at a concert and heard that song. I think we talked about this, but, you know, Adam, did you have any thoughts about this reveal? No. I mean, I, I don't know. This like didn't do much for me. This was uh, probably the least engaging part of the episode. Kind of this little storyline here. Um, yeah, I don't know how much I needed this. I think the relationship between Zoe and her dad is much more interesting to me than the relationship between her parents. So uh, I'd, I would much rather see more of that than than what we got here. That's fair. I think the next scene is a lot more interesting. Maybe this is the scene you were talking about earlier. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, five scenes ago. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so Max shows up at Zoe's parents' house. Um, he's actually surprised to see Zoe there. He didn't think she'd be there, but he brought over some pudding from that restaurant he went to for Zoe's dad. Um, and they have a conversation. Basically, we'll talk about it, but they kind of both admit they handled her promotion badly. And Zoe invites Max in to see her dad. And so he goes over and talks to him. Um, I think this scene is really interesting. We learn something about Max just from what he's saying. He says that, you know, Zoe's dad has always been really nice to him, you know, having me over for, he, you know, he mentions several holidays like barbecues um, and says that he doesn't have that with his own dad. So it seems like Zoe's dad has uh, played a really important role for him. Yeah, which is great. I like that element of it, I think, is really interesting. Um, and I, I, I hope that they explore that more. I suspect they will once, uh, Max and Zoe kind of get over this little thing and then they, you know, t uh, as, as her dad's health continues to probably deteriorate over the course of the, of the show, um, I imagine we'll get more of that, which I think is going to be interesting. Um, but it like, not to like harp on this again, but it leads to my problem of like, how close is their friendship and how close is it supposed to be relative to the show? Because everything they're saying in this scene, which uh, you're right, I thought was a while ago and was saying next scene for a while. Uh, this scene makes me think that they are like even closer than just what you would call friends, not like in a romantic relationship sense, but like very close friends uh, based on like what they're saying. The scene um, and so it like, it doesn't seem crazy for me to think that Max would know that like, this is not how Zoe would react normally if she were to just get the promotion, like that were to be the change in dynamic of their friendship slash relationship and that she would be saying no to the dinners. So like, this makes me think that they're very close and Max has a good read on the situation. Uh, and then like, that doesn't line up with what we've seen previously. So like, it was good. Uh, I enjoyed this. I hope they see more of it. Uh, my only other note on this is that when the scene closes, it's kind of that dark room and you see uh, Max and, and Zoe's dad and then they kind of flash back between that and Zoe. I've never seen uh, the show Succession, but this scene reminded me of every preview I've ever seen for the show Succession. Uh, an old man and a young man sitting in a dimly lit room kind of talking and then flashing forward between another young. I just like that is what I imagine, especially with like the classical music playing behind. I don't know. That's just what I that's what my imagination of succession is. <laughs> Interesting. OK, <laughs> All right. I've only watched a couple of episodes of succession and my impression of it is just like rich people being horrible to everyone that's not rich. And even to other people who are rich. So yeah. that's my, that's well, my, no, di my yeah, no dialogue wise or story. Just like in terms of the vibe, you know, I did not get that vibe. <laughs> Isn't there like an old man there? And like, just go back and watch, just, you know, go back and watch the last like couple seconds of the scene. And then <laughs> I, I oh, there's an who, old man. So it's definitely like, I need right someone there. who has seen the entirety of succession to just give me any form of validation here. I despite guarantee the fact that you I have, disagree with you. I well, guess. but maybe they, I'm just talking about like the, the actual shot of what we see, you know, I know what you're saying, but I'm saying it doesn't, it, no. <laughs> have you seen yeah. all of Succession, Lindy? Do you know? I haven't, but okay. It doesn't yeah, matter. Okay. I need someone who's seen That's all it. of Succession here because yeah. none of us in this podcast have. have and so, have, we'll... have you watched any of Succession, Lindy? No, but I've heard of it. 
<laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. I need someone who's seen it to come to come get. Uh, give, yeah. Give well, we'll Jess will be on in a few episodes. We can we can ask a uh, Jess. Uh, I'll point it out. I'll give you know. I'll even give time codes if we need it. It's like let's yeah. ask but her right now. Like, I... <laughs> the very end. Oh my word! I was not expecting that analysis. So <laughs> thank you. To have Zoe's compared to any show, Succession was like. The furthest, the <laughs> furthest. Again, I've seen a couple episodes. I think there's an Not old even guy in there. I used to say like, there is an old guy, but there okay. old guys on lots of shows. Thank you. Just yes. An old guy does not give it the same vibes because the old guy on Succession is a horrible, horrible, horrible human being, and so. There's I guess I'm, it's just about the shot. It's not. <laughs> it's not about we, the. We characters. hear you, but uh, yeah. well, you do. But then Ty's talking about the vibe and the goodness of the people. That's not. I'm. Well, I'm just like everything I saw. The man the is screaming at people as opposed to just sitting there, like getting you know having a, a nice conversation with a young gentleman. So yeah, the, the vibes <laughs> of that shot is very different. <laughs> Boy, y'all y'all woke up today, right? You disagree with everything I say on this podcast. I didn't disagree <laughs> with everything you said. Okay, and here we go again. all right um so we get this scene uh, where zoe asks simon for some advice about managing uh because apparently he manages the team as well and so he tells her the story about how his dad owned this chain of electronic stores when he was a kid and every friday his dad would bring food to his employees to every location to show them that he cared um, so Simon basically is saying, find a way to let your team know that you care about them. Cause Zoe says like, she can't cook. So that's not going to work. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I guess good advice. Question mark. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, the company I, pay him back for all the chili that he's that he spent. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I, no, I, I think it was like his own thing. Yeah, if you're I making guess. big pots of chili for everybody every week, for just out of your own pocket, like, <laughs> I don't know. Well, if I'm is- like in the workplace and my boss comes around with a big pot of chili why why chili it's not always chili uh, oh, oh okay yeah sorry uh also sometimes spaghetti uh, is that what he said it was chili spaghetti and cinnamon rolls cinnamon rolls the makes the most rolls. sense i'm down with like because that feels like something you could just like put in the break room but like chili's not staying good all day <laughs> Like you can't just put chili out on a break room table and be like, "Come and get it." Like you know, maybe like for a lunch issue. I don't know. Like probably don't make chili every week for your employees. Also, what the the name of what he called it was like? Get fed Friday or something like that, or or feed something like feeding. No, it's let's eat day. Let's eat day. What? (laughs) What? Yeah, we we couldn't have come up with a better name than that. You did this for how many years, and that's the best we got. Obviously, Simon's dad was not also in marketing. I think that's that's the the message that no, he was an electronic store. Is that what he? Yeah, exactly. Well, the Simon if Simon had gotten to name it, it probably would have been better, but you know, Simon, and his dad definitely had that, that uh, different. Yeah. I think it's, it's not bad advice in like the, the macro view of things, like not the chili part of it, but like trying to like connect with your, a, uh, 
your employees, trying to show them that you trust them, that they're not just a cog in the machine to you. Uh, yeah, I think that's good advice. What uh, does that have to do with trust? <laughs> what do you Todd? mean? I, no, I, I'm saying I think that the the overall idea of like trying to build a rapport with your team, the people you supervise, uh, is good advice. I don't know if the chili part of it is good advice. But I think the idea of like not just like lording over them, but trying to show some sort of mutual respect of some sort. I think that part was good. Okay. Yeah. So basically his message is, you know, find a way to let them know you care about them. Then they'll be more likely to, you know, like want to work for you. <laughs> basically. So Zoe's grand idea. I'm so sorry. I'm going to be laughing because this next scene was so funny to me. So Zoe gets up in front of her team and she reads from her journal from when she first started at Sparkpoint about her first impressions of some of the people on the team. The problem is, at first she starts reading and she starts reading the names of people who no longer work here for various reasons. Then she, uh, you know, comes across entries for Leaf, Tobin, and Max um, and shows them that she cares about them. However, mm -hmm. yep. there's like 10 other people and <laughs> she does not care about them at all. Yeah. This was one of the worst executed plans <laughs> yeah. I have ever Sorry. seen. Yeah. It was so funny. <laughs> and I, I, I thought, so did no one else was the rest of the team new? Did they all start after those other people left? Maybe that's the reason she does everything from her first day at Sparkpoint. That's like the most charitable read I could give this scene. But yeah, it's not great. It's not great to like, okay, I'm going to call out three people. And yeah, the rest of you are, are okay too, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah, not, not a great. And one of them is like my best friend. So it's like. Ugh. And two of them I actually hate. And then... <laughs> it was so cheesy too with Max. It was like. Is it too early to say friend for life? That's the kind of thing I would have written in my middle school journal, okay? <laughs> yeah, notably not the kind of thing that you your boss needs to be telling to you. Uh, like that, yeah. that has nothing to do with the work. The other two were like, man, this guy is a genius. I am so honored to be able to be in their presence. He's a good friend. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. It makes no sense. You're the boss. Oh, this, it's just so bad. And then all the other people just screw them. Get them <laughs> Why are they even there? Get them out of there. <laughs> there was just yes. no reason to include 10 more people on the steps. Like you could have included two more and then just said made up names and made up. Like it would have been fine. I didn't need there to be 10 more. I don't know. This was this is bad on all fronts. Yeah, this scene was unintentionally funny. Like, it's supposed to be like, oh, like, Zoe is finding her footing as a manager. Like, she's getting her team to trust her, and she's going to trust them. But it just comes across as so hilarious that she's only calling out the characters we know the names of. There's all these other unnamed people who don't matter. And I also hated that Joan is in the background, like, kind of slightly smiling. Like, she sees this whole thing. Like, that happened in the last episode. Like, she happens yeah. to stumble across the specific moments when Zoe is leading, and that's it. It's just weird. Yeah, but it's not even good leading. Like, this is supposed <laughs> to be the moment where, like, Jonah's like, yes, my protege is doing big things here. Uh, no, this is terrible. What can we do? 
nothing except laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I had a good laugh about this though. So uh, then there's this short scene where we kind of already talked about it. Zoe's mom sings Moondance to her dad um, and her dad presses the buzzer. Again, I thought it was indicating something a little different, but up for interpretation, perhaps. Or I not. Indicating I it, mean, they're going to go to for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's okay. going to happen. But Okay. Was... Well, that's what I thought. But it's not. that wasn't the meaning of Moondancer. Okay. All right. Not the primary meaning. <laughs> the secondary meaning. I would argue that almost every song has the secondary meaning of let's stoink, but you know. <laughs> I'm okay. I meant the meaning for them specifically, not the meaning of the song. The meaning of him singing the song. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I just want to like come up with a list of songs so that Adam can tell us like how how they have a secondary meaning of which like, I don't think you want to open that can of worms <laughs> I said almost a uh maybe know, for another time you know, we can try well, I would do it <laughs> I know I know you would um so basically at the end of this episode uh Mo brings well first there's this little scene where Zoe is walking past the coffee shop and sees Max and Autumn uh talking to each other um so we see that and then Mo Again, barges into Zoe's apartment and brings her some ideas about how they can test her power. Um, but Zoe's reaction is, well, maybe we should do nothing and just see what happens. Like, see what the universe does. Um, and then at the very end, uh, Zoe's poster is crooked again, but she actually stops herself from straightening it out. And then she starts singing uh, the song from the beginning of the episode, I've Got the Music in Me, and is looking happier. Yeah, which I like. Uh, the only thing is, like, you should you should probably straighten that out at least a little bit. It was very crooked, like a <laughs> yeah. little, you know, a little crooked. Like whatever, like giving you a little crooked, but like that was like really, really crooked. I agree. That would bother me, but it's <laughs> a it's a sign. It is literally a sign. Yeah, it's literally a sign, and it's like figuratively a sign. It's mm -hmm. about sign, she's letting go sign, of some of the control. Yeah, she doesn't need to control every single little thing though i did like some of those ideas such as yeah. sensory deprivation tank a room with a bunch of mimes and going to karaoke i like the, the mimes one my worst nightmare may be your musical breakdown <laughs> and also the karaoke let's see if their inner songs match their outer songs could be cool could be confusing could be both let's see so yeah i am kind of sorry that they didn't go and do that way because i think that that could have been a fun fun little thing but i do like the overall idea of like yeah let's not get too much into we don't need to worry about the how and why of it all controlling it you know just the universe is trying to tell me something let's see what the universe is trying to tell me and you know move with that going forward anything else about this last scene here uh no i don't think so i'm just you know interested to see where they go with it i hope that we have less scenes of like trying to figure out the mechanics of what's happening and more scenes about embracing what's going on i think what todd would say is that that's where we end with this episode like hopefully. that is the point so. hopefully yeah you never know yeah i don't I know what's coming up next yeah. i don't yeah, know i, I haven't know. seen it i will say to adam's point there are many tv shows that end on here's the lesson learned and the next episode they don't really learn that lesson many. so i understand your trepidation uh but i i think just going off of this ep if you're just taking this episode in and of itself that is the message they're trying to convey at the end of the episode so it just depends on how much you trust the show at this point 
And that's our episode. That's the episode, season one, episode two of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Um, we still have a couple things to do here before we get out. Uh, the first, of course, is to give, uh, we're calling it spark points. That's what we're calling them. I have more confidence in that this time uh, because we kind of know what what this uh, spark point. We know the thing That's is where the, they work. Well, the, but they work at spark points, but the yes. points like we're there's no there's no like points themselves. The word no points like, like they don't they the don't points. give out spark points at spark point for no. things. We give the points. We are give. We are okay. We yeah. are appropriating the points element of the last. Okay. 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 Yes. So I got the music in me. The first song of the episode. Uh, this is another uh full five from me. I think this is a very very strong start. Love a group number. Um, I wish that we didn't get the piano at the end, but that's not part of the song. So I'm not digging that. In my mind, that's not part of the song. It was it was probably part of the song, but I'm not digging that because it's not part of the song. Todd, what about you? I got the music in me. I uh, I don't care if it's part of the song or not uh, because uh, even though it's part of the song, it would still get a full five for me because the piano didn't uh, bother me. But I I love it. I love everyone getting in on the action, being just like the entire group of people together uh, was like a really nice moment and getting to see Zoe herself a uh, sing and saying that okay, there is like a vehicle for us to get to see her sing, and if she's not. You know, we're probably not going to hear her heart songs. Like she hears other people's heart songs. We can still like see dreams or things like that. So just giving Jane Levy a, a chance to show off her singing and dancing chops was cool. Okay, Lindy. Yeah, this was a fun group number. I enjoyed it a lot. So I'm going to give it a five. Wow. Uh, we've had three now songs get full full spark points a full yeah spark. We, we still have it come up we're, we're going to brainstorm uh, what to call like a full five and Understorm. we haven't yet maybe uh, maybe it's like a firework because it's it's a like it's sparked something <laughs> does that make sense yeah i see where you're going with it uh, we can workshop that yeah okay. we definitely need to workshop this um okay so this will be this will be our gag of the season they're talking with guests on so what should we call a full five? Oh yeah we're not <laughs> going to decide by the end of the season just <laughs> fyi um unless someone says something like really really inspiring uh second song of the episode sucker lindy go stay with you oh no um i i thought this was good i i liked it a lot better than max's last song so i'm gonna go with a four a four for this one todd what about you yeah, I'm I'm not quite as high on it. I still think it was definitely better than I think I love you. Not quite four. Uh I'm gonna give it like a three point six. Three point six for Todd. I'm pretty high on this. I'm at a four point five, I think. Uh for sucker. I really enjoy it. Uh Skyler Ashton's great. They finally give him a good song to work with. Um, I wanna dance with somebody. Uh another full five for me again for the song element of it uh not including the intermissions in the middle i loved the song elements of it full five for me lindy what about you um i think i didn't love it as much as you but i, I so i'm gonna go with a four still pretty high from lindy uh todd what about you yeah i'm i'm more uh in the lindy range thing. i'm gonna go with the four for it i thought it was really pretty i, I like you said before i do like it whenever they take and do a different arrangement so i thought that was that was cool but it just didn't you know hit me as hard as some of the other songs that have we've given fives to 
Fair enough. Uh, Todd, we'll stay with you. Final song of the episode, Moondance. Yeah, I really enjoyed this number. I really enjoyed getting the, the choreography at all. I really loved uh, uh, the performance, so I'm giving it a four. Wow, a four from Todd. Okay, Lindy, what about you? Yeah, I'm more in the middle. Like, I, I, I didn't dislike it, but I didn't love it, so I'm going to go with a three. A three, Okay. Uh, I gave it 2.6 to help, and this was not as good as help by, like, a pretty good margin. Um, I think I'm going to go, but it was better than I think I love you. So uh, I'm going to go 1.9 for this, uh, just under a 2. Wasn't, like, terrible. This is, I mean, didn't not going to get a 0. I think a 1.9 is actually probably going to end up be decently high for songs I don't like um so there we go uh lower end of the spectrum for that one not the lowest but uh we have another uh full fives there so for the second episode i'm interested to see if every episode we get full fives from at least one of the songs because there's more songs per episode than uh cxg and so i feel like they gotta nail one of them each episode it's my hope that's my hope anyway um it, it would be nice i don't know if we'll reach the heights every episode yeah who knows but uh, it'd be nice if we did. Yeah, ideally. Um, okay, let's uh, give our heart, uh, our heart. Who made our heart sing? <laughs> yes, who made Boy. our heart sing? Uh, okay, either I need to get better at saying these, or maybe we need to change the names. I don't know. I uh, think you need to get better at that. I maybe need to get better. <laughs> who made us truly happy was just so easy. Like it felt so good to say. This is who made your heart sing. It's not who that different. It's a little different um okay, <laughs> okay well, yeah it's not the same words but it's not <laughs> lindy who this episode made your heart sing so i'm going to pick max because oh. i liked how you know in the beginning he was supportive of zoe when she's given her speech um he doesn't know he's declaring his love that's not his fault um you know he was being friendly to her but what really cemented it was the scene at the end where he comes to her parents house he didn't even know she would be there he was just bringing over pudding for her dad and i thought that was really sweet and i like you know the connection they seem to have so i'm gonna go with max okay todd who made your heart sing this one was a little hard for me uh I was tempted to give it to Zoe for the end for her just accepting that she didn't have control, but there's just too much stuff before that, that she does that is cringy and awful. <laughs> and like, Zoe, what are you thinking for me to really give that to her? Uh, I was tempted to give it to Mo again, just because Mo made me laugh, but I don't think there was enough Mo to really justify it. And I think it's that final scene with the pudding that uh, got Max my point. I think Max being thoughtful and coming, giving the, the pudding to Mitch. I think that's, that's the part that really, I got Max my point this episode. Wow. Um, okay. Makes me want to pick Max to just give the full, uh, <laughs> full, full heart song to Max. To give our whole heart to Max. Our whole heart to Max. Um, but I can't do it because I have to give mine to Autumn. Autumn. You've yeah. got to be kidding me. I am not kidding. <laughs> uh, not even remotely kidding, Lindy. I am as serious as it gets here. Um, Max was definitely up there for me. I, you know, would have considered it. Um, I just, there was just some of the awkwardness, some of the weird uh, passive aggressive stuff I could do without. Um, Autumn got to go on a date 
with Skylar Aston. Uh, got great food. Uh, great song. Great voice. Absolutely loved it. Great scenes. Uh, good for you, Autumn. I hope we see more Autumn in the future. Based on all of your reactions, I don't think we're going to get a lot more Autumn, but I hope we do. So I'm sticking with that. I hope we do get more Autumn. Um, and that's our episode. Season one, episode two is always extraordinary playlist. Um, this will also uh, be the last time that it's just us three for a while. So is there anything else with this episode that we wanted to talk about that we haven't already talked fully into the ground uh, in these two hours? I think I've said everything I need to say, but either of you have anything season, uh, season one, episode two of Zoe's anything else. I think I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, with that, we will get out of here. Um, Lindy. What are you doing these days? Where can people find you? If they want more TV Lindy in their life, what, where can they find you? Uh, well, they can. I'd be honored if, if anyone wanted that. Um, they can find me on Twitter at TV Lindy and our podcast Twitter at 1CXG Podcast. Amazing. Todd, what are you up to? Where can people find you at? Uh, not up to much at the moment. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Librarian Todd because Todd Librarian is too many characters. Uh, outside of that, at the moment, but the only place you can find me is over in the PSR Discord. If you're a patron of Post Show Recaps, you can come and join the three of us and lots of our uh, future and past guests and talk about TV shows and movies and Dungeons and Dragons and musicals and whatever else uh, you want to talk about. Amazing. Yes, I'll plug that as well. Patreon.com backslash post show recaps. Very fun time over there. Uh, I'm Adam H. You can find me on Twitter at Piano Man Adam One, as well as on uh, a couple different post show recaps podcasts. Uh, who a Doctor Who podcast with Kevin and uh, Melissa. We're talking about Doctor Who. Very, very fun over there. That's a patron only podcast. Um, and then myself and the absolutely incredible Sarah Ferguson are talking about How I Met Your Father. New season is coming out right now. Uh, we're doing every other week uh, two episodes. So come check that out. It's going to be so, so much fun. Um, I'm so excited about that. Uh, and next week, uh, we'll be back here, of course, uh, not alone. Uh, it's not just going to be the three of us. Who is going to be here uh, next week, Todd? And next week, it will be the always awesome Melissa Woodward. Melissa uh, Woodward. Melissa yeah. Woodward. Yeah. And she'll be here to talk about the episode, a uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Boss. So, uh, huh? so that uh, gives you a clue to what the focus of next episode might be. Okay, well, so exciting. I have to imagine, uh, based on not only the guest, but also on the title, <laughs> there's pretty much just one boss we're going to be talking about. So, join us next week as we'll be talking about Season 1, Episode 3 of Zoe's Extraordinary Players with the absolutely incredible Melissa Woodward. And until then, bye! Bye!